There's no Well, welcome to the Earth Plane. Isn't it great? Isn't it just a terrific place to be? Eh? Oh, here's another one. This is XBB15 and why it's spreading so quickly. CDC estimates that XBB15 has more than doubled its share of the COVID-19. I guess it's is the same one, January. Oh, this is cool. I mean, Wow. What a trip, huh? Mm-hmm. Just amazing. You know, yeah. I, I think what's going to happen, too, my my theory, is, you know, Doc, that they have, they have a way to put, um, you, you've seen how they can put a hologram and just make it seem real, right, in a room, like in a theater, you've seen that, where the whale comes out of the water, I mean, it's like it's just a hologram. Yeah. So they have a way to to do holograms in the sky, and people say that's what the chemtrails are about. You know, they've been putting out this thing that it's trying they're trying to kill us, but they're really putting different particles in the sky, in the air, aluminum and some metals, and then they can do a hologram in the sky and they're going to beam these flying saucers and they're going to look as real as real and then people are going to believe that we are being attacked because they're going to have it on the news I mean and you'll believe it and they'll just show it over and over and they they have these energy weapons which I believe they used in Maui and they can just blow up a city at will and say oh well the aliens just blew up Chicago you really have to stay in your homes for the next 12 years, whatever. And I think they're going to do it. Mm. I really do. They're going to do it. <laughs> they have the technology to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if we, if we conjecture that their real motive is control and power, I mean, what a better thing than to prove, to prove to people that we are being attacked by aliens. You can get people to do anything. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It, Some yeah, people. It's rough when people, when I in my life did not have a kind of stillness practice, it was much easier for me to be reactive to things. Sure. And- Once a person develops a stillness practice, it's a little harder to get someone to react because... And we get in touch with that vast spaciousness that everything is and and we realize, okay, okay, yeah, we can we can play here and form and do these things in form and but that's not the real heart of what's going on. Oh. Man, and I didn't know that most of my life. Just sure. like I believed the germ theory most of my life. You know, I I guess I was gonna be reincarnated as a Staphylococcus aureus or something, you know, <laughs> come back and yeah. see that I'm actually helpful. Um, so it's a, it's a funny world. It, it feels like, it feels like junior high school, honestly. It, it feels like the things that guys would do to get a girl's attention, you know, <laughs> just kind of like eighth grade pranks and right. stuff, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> like to think of grown up adults doing this is like, wow, that's really, you know, it's really a strange idea. And, and it's going to be fascinating to see the, the, um, spiritual shift because there's going to be millions of people that kind of are agreeing the way we look at it and there's going to be millions that don't and we're going to mm-hmm. we're going to be around in the same physical mm-hmm. reality right so it'll be interesting to see how that all works out um I, well you know i don't know um uh, you know people would come up to me even at casa de luz and they would ask me can you tell if my blood has been affected by being around a vaccinated person and I'm changing my online dating thing to only include non-vaccinated people? Oh. And this is at Casa de Luz. People were actually in fear about it. Mm-hmm. Supposedly enlightened people who were going to set aside a whole group of the population because of the vaccinations. And it's like a religious belief. I remember my parents telling me, don't play with non-Christians. Don't be around them. They're a bad influence. You could end up in hell. Um, And uh, you just don't want to be around non-Christian people, people who don't believe like you. And now I realize that's for me, that's more about family loyalty. Mm-hmm. It's not really about the the bigger reality. And so I'm finding different ways to be loyal to the family without having to exclude so much and so many. Um, those exclusions hurt. Whenever I exclude somebody, uh, and I'm not saying that I know whether a particle spreads or not. How would anybody know that? It, no one's ever seen it. I mean, how would anybody know? Um, <laughs> no one's ever but, seen it. You know, That's an important point, what you just said. You know, no one's ever seen it. Yeah, no one's ever seen it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, okay, so the story of Jesus is he went and hung out with the lepers, he touched the lepers, apparently didn't get leprosy. Mother Teresa holding these septic dying people in the gutters of Calcutta didn't catch anything. I don't know. I'd rather be like that than run around in my life in a hazmat suit being well protected and totally cut off from humanness. You know, that that fear of something outside of ourselves just must run really deep for lifetimes, huh? just don't you think? Just real <laughs> deep. Yeah. And I, so yes. I don't criticize these people because I, I know that they can't, they just can't hear what I'm saying or what you're saying. So God love yeah. them, you know. God yeah. love them. I, I don't, you know. But it runs deep. But I think these yeah. lower worlds, what we call the lower worlds, you know, the physical reality, astral, causal, mental, below the soul plane has always had a lower force, which people have called the devil or whatever you want to call it, Satan, that are trying to keep us here, right? They want to keep us, and the way to do that is to keep us in fear. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, that 
that there's always something that can jump out of the bushes and get us, you know? There's always something, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah there is, you know? <laughs> the other day I was listening to a, a spiritual teacher that was on Jeff Mara's podcast, and um, and it was it was kind of frying some of my neurons. It was a <laughs> it was like beyond where I could go, uh, but I, I resonated with it. I thought, wow, that sounds like that sounds like something I aspire to one day. But boy, it's really tough right now, you know, to try to follow what this person's saying. My response to that was to get on Amazon pay $3.79 and watch Tremors again. And so I would watch Tremors for five minutes and I could go back to the spiritual thing. Then I would turn on Tremors again and watch Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward with those underground worms that were killing everybody and eating everybody, you know? And it just their, their redneck dialogue was so familiar and comforting to me <laughs> that kind of ignorance of uh two guys going what the hell's going what on? the hell's going this, on you know? yeah it just cracked me up and it was a good balance for i mean these things are scary right you know when you talk about this ice wall thing i haven't heard about that adam going ah could that be real um and so I don't know. When I work with people, they don't have to believe anything. Um, we just put on a heart monitor and we see where their heart wants to go. Yeah, yeah it's kind of go. Maybe that feels like the way to be. Uh, I'm just sharing, you know, things that feel like insights to me. Nobody has to believe any of this. Uh, nobody has to disbelieve any of it because their heart is going to show the way. I trust their heart more than my own learnings and, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Always, always, always has there been, um, uh, you know, f forces that want to scare us, right? Want to scare us. I got to change my battery and I'll do it. Um, did your big brother ever scare you? Uh, no, I don't think we did that much. <laughs> you know, Gary Larson said that's where all his comedy comes from. What's you know, that? when his parents would leave the house, they would leave his big brother in charge of babysitting him. And his big brother would lock him in the basement and walk up and down the creaky stairs and make monster noises. <laughs> and monster noises. The, <laughs> you know, one of the big scares have been for a long time. Let me put this in I can remember back in the in the 50s when I was in grade school they told us that the Russians were going to bomb us right at any time yeah any time and they would put little charts I remember in the Sunday newspaper the St. Louis Post-Dispatch this is 60, what, 60 years ago? Of how many yeah. rockets the Russians have and how many rockets we have. It was always, it was a thing. And we would, once a month would do a drill and you would go under your, your desk, which is what you would do during a nuclear attack. This is my favorite one. This is real. We actually suggested that you would lie face down in a curb 
and put a newspaper over you. Yeah. That's the one I was yeah. like. The Guardian, preferably. <laughs> <laughs> so there's been people talking about there's no nukes for a long time. Uh, Crow 777 is one of my faves. Uh, all the, a lot of the flat earth people, um, you know, cosmology truthers have talked about. Well, now Dr. Cowan is talking about it. He did a whole video on it, and we put it on our bit shoot and on one radio network. And there's another guy by the name of Palmer, fascinating fellow. And this fellow Palmer can prove to you that Nagasaki and Hiroshima never happened. That's all made wow. up. That's all made up. Yeah. All made up. This was the beginning of this idea that nuclear weapons. So you see, if you believe in nuclear weapons, which I don't think exist, then you, you can do anything with your offense department, also known as the defense department. You can spend anything. Well, you know, the Russians can nuke us or, uh, you know, North Korea can nuke us at any time. Gosh, we got to have a trillion dollars to spend on our defense department. I mean, come on. Is it worth it? Who's going to, how many people think it's, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, stop. I don't think they exist as advertised. No evidence they do. Just all, in my opinion, uh, fear, more fear. Yeah, that would be, that, that would be a huge shock. Yeah. Hmm. And even yeah. now with and Putin, how I, and you, how, how would I? I mean, as a human being in this country, how would I actually know, one way or the other? You, you know, you wouldn't. I, I don't have. I can't. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and, and that's what Doctor Cowan says. He says, "Yeah, I'm not here." He said, "This is about my pay grade to really explain to me nuclear fission and how it all it works." But the people that do understand it. Uh, know that it doesn't work the way they claim and they've nobody's ever proven that it does. And I thought it was interesting that this whole Oppenheimer movie came out at the same time when this is all... Isn't that interesting how it works on planet Earth? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so I don't believe any of it, you know. And if you really get deep down and you look at the nitty-gritty, that we can walk around naked anywhere, I mean not in the city, but anywhere, and there's absolutely nothing that's out there trying to hurt you. Nothing. Chemtrails, nuclear war, terrorists, germs, I don't know. There just isn't. So relax. Just be happy. (laughs) Just (laughs) There just isn't. There just isn't. So here's a question for Dr. Massey. Bill is 74. He has type 2 diabetes, no meds. Severely scraped my shin, wiping out on my bike. It's been over a month. And the shin keeps scabbing, but will not heal. Can Dr. Massey give me his opinions on what this could be or how I could speed this along. Hmm. Do you think blood sugar imbalances, Doc, would have an effect on wound healing? It looks like it does. Um, Hmm. And sometimes with diabetes, I didn't hear all of that, but sometimes with diabetes in the little capillaries, 
uh, they'll, they're partially blocked off and partially obstructed. I know there are protocols. I would have to Google them again. It's been so long since I've been uh, involved in any of that. Um, but yeah, I would take that as a sign that there's some capillary involvement and that it might be time to, you know, continue recovery from that state that's been labeled as diabetes. Uh, if the person's on no meds, that's a good sign that they've mostly recovered from whatever that is. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, it's a little embarrassing for me. I used to have protocols for things. I had them in my mind uh, for what you would do to, to speed up the healing. And none of those are coming to me right now. So I would Google those and uh, avoid the scary stuff. See if you can find the natural site that would that would talk about uh, how to get more healing factors down there. Of course, anything that increases circulation down there will help. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm guessing red light therapy would be good. Um, in my day when I had a clinic, we would do ozone and chelation. Um, ozone definitely speeds up healing. Um, some people can rub that on with ozonated oils onto the skin. Others inject it, depending on how big the area is, to inject blebs of ozone. So, yeah, if there's a holistic clinic near you, I would certainly look into that. Um, for those of you interested to see Dr. Cowan's uh, video, Nuclear Weapons, Curse of Humanity, or Massive Hoax, it's on the front page of One Radio Network. Also right in there is a great uh, uh, video called The Tartarian Empire. And if you want to take a look at some possibilities about our history that just ain't so, it's pretty trippy. I mean, really a trip. Isn't it funny that and someday we're going to find out that everything we've been told about everything is just not true. Everything, our history, or you know, everything. Which yeah, would be the Truman Show, right? Yeah, the Truman. Yeah, it makes sense, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. And isn't it fun how all of these things are kind of coming out pretty quickly, right? Just as quickly as this COVID stuff came up. All the other more awakening, you know, the pedophilia thing and the, that that movie uh, about ch children's trafficking. Um, what was the name of that? Did you did you see that? I didn't. I had friends who did, and they kind of gave me the cliff notes yeah. version. Of I haven't seen it. Um, and then all you know, everything, and then this whole alien thing and the germ thing. Isn't that funny? How they're all just rising up, the money thing is becoming more aware about there is no money, you know, everywhere. Um, pretty cool. It's a great time to be around. Yes, I, I like listening to Christian Sundberg and his pre-birth memories. Uh, he wrote a book called The Walk in the Physical. And he said, basically, we come to Earth, we have 
opportunities to choose to move toward love or run away from fear. Mm -hmm. When we move toward love, the entire cosmos gets bigger and brighter. And this is an environment that's very challenging to uh, not spend one's life running away from fear. That's kind of what's in the atmosphere here. It's a intense video game, metaphorically speaking. I've spent most of my life running away from fear. I mean, I was even aware of that, that I made choices in relationships and my career by what was the least scary. It, it wasn't based on what do I really want. The least scary. Hmm. Yeah, what's going to frighten me the least? That's the way I want to go, you know, hmm. and that's... <laughs> oh, man. Boy, Doc, I see very clearly on a nightly basis as I do my spiritual exercises um, and look deep within and try to see how it all works. Fear is a big player. That if, we have a, if I have any fear or any angst about anything, it's over. It stops. The exploration stops. Yeah. And it comes up and you just keep going. And it's fascinating, boy. That's why these people running the planet right now, the earth plane, the fear is their 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 bread and butter, right? This is what they this is their whole thing. Fear. Yeah. Everything. Terrorists, nuclear weapons, germs, climate change, what meat. Meat, oh, eat meat, you'll die, you know. <laughs> it's hilarious. Wow. Yeah, and you know, and when I get a toothache, I can believe all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I know what you mean. <laughs> it must be true. It must be true. Life against me, you know. Yeah. Oh. I wanted to ask, did you ever go over and... Did I you... never did. I, you know, I don't think I have good enough veins for the Ibu, but I, but I wrote them a, a letter, and thanks for reminding them that I was here, because they did offer me a, a complimentary Ibu. And perhaps after the, the conference, maybe sometime in the fall, I'll go over there and we'll do some blood before and after. Ibu. Display. Yeah, and I, I like yeah. your take on uh, ozone because Ibu involves ozone, right? And mm -hmm. I was wondering about that when I did the Ibu thing, and it's uh, in Fredericksburg. Um, I'll get the name for those of you in the area, and if you want to go do an Ibu session. But I like your take on the idea that ultraviolet light or or ozone and things, they can, they'll help the healing process even though there's nothing to kill, right? Yeah, talk a little bit yeah. about that. I think that's really cool because I was questioning myself when I sat there and it's just as an ozone thing and said, but I don't believe in germs, so why would I want ozone? But there's more to the story, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. Yeah, there's, there's more to it. You know, I mean, Ozone has been around in, in our realm ever since the first lightning strike. 
you know, and that's how ozone is created. So it must have some purpose, right? Or it wouldn't wouldn't exist. Um, yeah, I you know, so the big debate when I was in uh, taking Dr. Bradford's microscopy course, um, and those of you who didn't know him, he was the guy who did American Biologics and he designed the microscope and taught the class and died under house arrest by the Food and Drug Administration. I think he had an ankle monitor on so he and his wife couldn't leave you know california and yeah, sad um but the big debate was are we going to be like those french scientists and believe in pleomorphism or do we believe that a staph germ stays a staph germ it's born a staph germ it dies a staph germ and it never changes and the french would say you know an organism can just shapeshift and change itself to whatever the human needs or whatever it needs in its environment. And that's called pleomorphism. Mm -hmm. So my thought was, what if pleomorphism is true? Because it sure looks like when you just watch blood on a slide for a while, the shape of things changes. And this changes um, as the environment changes. So there are living organisms that we can see that are all inside of us. I mean, there's some, you can call them whatever you want, but they're there, physically visible. And I suspect the ozone and the ultraviolet light changes them in a way that's beneficial for the person's healing response. Ah. Hmm. It's more like a tent revival than a massacre, right? I mean, we like to think it's a massacre, taking this antibiotic, you know, Scarface, and to wipe out all these germs. It's more like a really heartfelt tent revival. Let's let's all see the light. Let's all let's all get on the same team here and uh, and go for love. And I think that's what ozone is doing. You know, ozone is three oxygens. So the ozone I breathe is just two oxygens, O2. But ozone is a third one. Now, being a Sunday school boy, right, I think this third oxygen, I call it the Jesus oxygen. And it gives up its union with the other two and becomes human flesh. This is in Philippians 4. If you're a Bible thumper, you can look this up, right? He gave up his union with the other two and became human flesh, wipes out sin, and creates new life. Now, that's what that oxygen does when it joins the red blood cell. It becomes human flesh. It takes care of anything that's uh, pulling that cell down and raises up its life-giving potentials, right? That's the Jesus story happening in biology all the time. Because you make ozone even when you exercise, right? You're going to be making ozone every time the body moves. So to put in all that extra ozone is just redemption. And seeing the light, I mean, God is light, right? You put light in there, something good is going to happen. You know, these guys figured that out in the 30s. Um, which when you watch the lost century, 
that's another Stephen Greer thing about how we've had free energy devices for a hundred years. And you get to see all the documentation for it, which is really pretty interesting. But yeah, I think it's transforming the organisms that are doing our repair. Dr. Hammer actually proved it, that the brain on purpose multiplies whichever organism in the body is the best suited to repair that part wow. of the body. It multiplies it. Yes, it multiplies it on purpose. So we keep a little file of every organism that ever existed, unless we've been vaccinated. If we've been vaccinated, we have excluded an organism and forbidden it to be in the body. And that's not a good idea. It turns out there are times when we might need that organism. And then the brain has to go to its second favorite because we've eliminated the tuberculosis organism, or we've eliminated the measles organism, right? Whatever it is, um, visible or invisible, whatever it is. So um, I think that's what we're up to is just uh, helping to balance that. So like that little boy, there was that little boy who uh, I got accused of a wrongful death about but years before when his parents brought him in. His older brother had died of an ingrown fingernail at Cook's Children's Hospital. They were born with a bone marrow disorder that's considered pre-leukemia. It's called myelodysplasia. <clears throat> the life expectancy is very short. If they get any kind of quote, cut organisms from the skin go in there and they cannot make the cells that keep that balanced. So they get red streaks up the arm, they get fever, they lose consciousness, they go into septic shock and die from an ingrown fingernail, okay? So this little boy's brother Cook's Children's Hospital, they cut his hand off, they gave him antibiotics for five weeks at seven years old, and he died anyway. Hmm. So they bring in his brother, who, by the way, shares a middle name with the brother that died. And this little boy's three years old. He's got an ingrown fingernail, just like the one that killed his brother. He's got red streaks up his arm. He's got a very high fever. He's going in and out of consciousness. Right? Now, whatever story we want to tell about the germs, there's some organisms there, and they're out of balance. There's something in the bone marrow that the balancing factor is not there. So these <clears throat> organisms are going to repair him it would be like having a billion road workers on the biggest interstate through Houston and just put a billion people there working on the road. Well, it would stop everything. There would be no traffic, there would be no flow, and commerce would die. So we don't do that. We just put a few workers, they repair one lane at a time, something like that. So we did a peroxide ultraviolet IV, like Dr. Charles Farr, MD, PhD, taught me, and he completely recovered. Unheard of. 
a boy that can't make neutrophils, a boy with myelodysplasia, a boy going into sepsis, completely recovers after putting light and peroxide in the body. Now, what did it do? We can, you know, argue about whatever the mechanism is. But all I know is there's something about light, something about ozone, something about peroxide, which is also an extra oxygen, something about oxygen and light, very healing. And wouldn't it be nice to come up with the most loving story about that rather than the scariest story about that? Killing something, right? Yeah, killing something. We, we kind of have a little choice about which way we're going to go, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what you're getting at is there's a loving way to see what happens rather than, oh, my God, mm-hmm. these germs were just about to mm-hmm. get you. Mm-hmm. And then we put this light in and we killed them all. You know, it's like, gosh, we finally we killed all the communists. Now we're safe. It's, yeah. the, it's the difference between, as spiritual beings, we are learning that we are godlike and that we are healing and that we're always getting better, right? Or versus... V dot there's something out there trying to kill us and um, we need to kill that first yeah yeah yes mm. who's the fastest gun here <laughs> how many westerns did you watch growing up oh you know? man I tell you yeah it was funny too Long Ranger they really did wear dark hats and he had a white hat you know <laughs> I know I still like Rustler's Rhapsody. What's that? If you haven't watched that in a while, you know, it's Tom Berenger, and it pokes fun of all the old Westerns, Hopalong, Cassidy, the Lone Ranger, all that stuff, because the good guy wears a white hat. He only shoots the bad guy in the hand, you know, and uh, it's just so hilarious. Uh, Dr. Richard Massey is with us. Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. If you'd like to uh, send an email, patrick at oneradionetwork.com, recall, 888-663-6386. I don't recall, because I don't do time much, did I Did I tell you the doodle story and the healing, Paul? Mm, I don't know. No? Okay, I don't think so. Well, some time ago, she came up with this, um, this, this area on her left paw, just above her paw, that she would start to lick. And and it just got bigger and bigger. The more she licked it, the bigger it got. And it was bloody and it really looked weird, you know. And I put stuff on her for a while, and then I said, well, what am I trying to do? What am I putting stuff on it? There's nothing to kill, right? There's no infection, because I don't believe that, so something's going on, but I don't know what. So I'd cover it up, and then she'd tear the gauze off it, because she just wanted to lick it. So then one day I got the idea, oh, I think it was after one of your shows, maybe after the last show, that she was just trying to help me in some way. And what I got was, and this was during the time when we were doing fundraising, we were having problems moving forward, right, in our business. And of course, paws are moving forward. The left yes, is the, the left oh, is nice yeah, the left is the wow. male. The left is the male at the side, and is on her left thing. And I just sat her down, and I looked right in her eyes, and I just told her, you know, 
Doodle, you don't have to do this. We're going to be fine. You know, people are people are donating money, and we'll figure out the video thing and the sales and the, the hacked emails. It's going to be okay. You don't have to do this. Just, I'm good. You don't have to do this. And do you know that healed probably within three or four days? Wow. I get goosebumps when I think about it. Like that. That's beautiful. Thanks to you, you taught me how to do this, because she... She, she was just trying to help me out, move forward, right? Hmm. Amazing. Just here. Yes, it is. And that's all I did. I just told. I just talked to her like that, you know. So yeah, I'm, we're good. It's, it's really good. Oh man. So thanks for that. I really appreciate you. You're most welcome. I don't to understand that. <laughs> Uh, last time, Dr. Massey, last time you were on Patrick's show, you'd been curious about how many years you had been coming on his show. I don't know how up-to-date Patrick's are catalog. Well, they are very up-to-date. But the earliest show I was seeing was April 8th, 2008. Wow. Is that possible? Wow. April 2008. Eight. Okay, so April 2008. Man, that's when all the medical board stuff was in full swing. So you can probably go on and and listen to that show if you want. I don't, I don't know that I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do it. So thanks for doing that, Kevin. Oh, yeah, whoever did that, thank you very much. I wondered how to put that on my timeline God. April 2008 my goodness this is from Paul in the UK hi guys my wife is 62 she's having some very painful diverticulitis at the moment her brother is dying of cancer as well and she has a lot going on can you give her any ideas any ways to get out of it Yeah, that's that's a that sounds very very painful. Diverticulitis. Um, I'll just you know put this up from the the recall healing book. Let me see if I can make sure I'm showing you the right part so that a person can look at that and pause the page and read it later. Here, let me. And what, what, what yeah and so that's what we're that's what we're looking at it's reenacting some kind of pressure and that's what creates those pouches um reenacting some kind of pressure yeah so you know the the bowel is always squeezing and moving things mm -hmm. forward mm -hmm. and uh and if there's an abnormal amount of pressure um so here it says a person can feel powerless to move things forward in their intestine because of great anger. So if, if I have a sibling that's dying, man, my biology could have any number of subconscious and conscious responses to that. Mm -hmm. 
the diverticulitis could be about the subconscious responses to that. Like, what is, how does my body feel about my sibling having a terminal diagnosis? Uh, so the next one is there are things that seem impossible to forgive. So remember the colon is about deciding what is waste and what is nutrition. And it wants to move the waste forward and get it out of the body and keep the nutrition. Hmm. Now, if I find out that there's a time clock on this with my sibling, I might only have a very short period of time left to sort that out with my sibling, to decide what of our relationship I want to keep and what do I want to eliminate. And in the parlance of the day, it would be called forgiveness. Is there anything left unforgiven, unmoved forward out of the colon? Um, I feel powerless and I'm angry at myself for not being able to control things. This is diverticulitis. Hmm. Well, who can control their responses to finding out something like that? Who can control what's going on with their sibling? Yeah, wow. And the the third one would be, I feel pressured by people and circumstances around me. Um, And I'm angry about that pressure. So I can tell you when somebody in the family gets a diagnosis like cancer, Mm -hmm. the pressure that people feel is often just unbearable. I would suspect so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, Like, well, some people just demand that their loved ones do chemo and radiation. They just, they, it's like they're not going to love them if they don't do it. It's mm-hmm. like, if you don't do this and do your best to stay alive, you don't love me and you're not thinking about how much this is going to hurt me when you leave. And then there's people on the natural side that can get the same way. I can't believe you're going to go down that path and die from chemo and leave me behind and leave me with this. And all these things that, you know, we think we're never going to have to deal with all the things about physical mortality come up. Um, and diverticulitis, yep, trying to sort out, get this colon to move things forward and keep what's important. But when pressure comes, the colon can squeeze so hard, it makes these pouches like a tire that's about to blow out. Hmm from this intense pressure being played out in the colon i only have this short time i've got to get all the nutrition i can uh, in this relationship and eliminate everything that needs to be forgiven and i've got to do it right now in a short period of time that would be a typical kind of diverticulosis story that's great and it's what it's person can sit down with their M-Wave from the Institute of Heart Math, read those sentences and see which ones are the story for them, and then work that story. And we find out that there's another path besides feeling all that pressure. And Paul, I think that'll give you some ideas of things you can talk to with mom to help her to let go of some of the things that Dr. Massey talked about, huh? Yeah, it's a love story. It's always a love story. We want to find out where the love is. You know, these things are shocking. 
hearing that your sibling has some terrible thing. It's just a huge shock. And there's a love story, though, deep down inside between this person and her sibling. And when we get in touch with that, then that colon can behave itself and not act out all that pressure. Sylvia writes in, she's, oh, she's in Austin. Hi, Sylvia. We're just down the road. I love you guys. Um, Earlier you were talking about natural birth. What does Dr. Massey think the idea of circumcision has on the males? My husband been circumcised. That's a big one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we hope it's a big one. Uh, That was a team joke. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah, my my bet is at eight days old, I cried, and I objected, and my objections were overruled. Um, Hmm. um, So I ended up getting circumcised when my father kind of you know, thought about that. My younger brother did not. He opted against it. Um, Dietrich Klinghart said that the circumcision often creates an early mistrust of women. (laughs) Um, Because usually it's the mother that takes the baby up to the hospital to get that done. And so... uh, he would recommend treating the circumcision scar in everybody. You can do that with a laser light. Uh, he had a laser that would do that. Um, there's ways to do that. Um, I will confess this now since I'm old and it doesn't matter what people think about me anymore. Um, <laughs> I was sure that, that my mistrust of women was related to that when I heard what Dietrich said. So I went home and got my procaine and the smallest needle I could find, and I in- injected my circumcision scar and treated it by injection. Really? I would never recommend that. Don't do that. Okay. Or anyone. And I would say this, it did not heal my mistrust of women. It increased my mistrust of my own judgment. Uh <laughs> Because it really, really hurt. <laughs> and, and it did not transform my relationships, you know. Um, Don't try so, this at home. But it, it seems like a, a not good idea. I, you know, I don't want to mess with anybody's religious beliefs. All right. uh, but just on a biological level, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and... Uh, People say it decreases the physical, sexual enjoyment. Um, and how would I know? It, it's hard to be both and compare. <laughs> what? Which would decrease sexual enjoyment? <laughs> to be circumcised? Did, when you're circumcised, it decreases? You're saying that if you circumcise someone, they cannot have the same degree of sexual pleasure. Why not? <laughs> Just asking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, isn't that in the Constitution? Life, liberty, and pursuit of 
sexual pleasure. Yeah, something like that. Why not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, you know, I don't know about those things, but <laughs> it's just it's not it's not natural. It, it's like if if nature had it to where your foreskin fell off on the eighth day, I would say we'll go with that. Um, but since that doesn't happen, I have to look at it and go, hmm. I'm suspicious of cutting something off somebody, you know, like, okay. So I worked with a surgeon for a short period of time and then stopped working with this guy because if somebody had good insurance, he would just take out body parts. He would get in there to do the appendix and go, Oh, look at this. There's a gallbladder in here. I could make extra money. This person has good insurance. <laughs> He would squeeze on the gallbladder, make it look inflamed, take it out, get, hmm. get extra money because in his mind, he thought a lot of people live just fine without a gallbladder. And I would live finer if I took it out, you know? And so it's like this whole idea that, that body parts like the appendix or the gallbladder don't really have an important function. Hmm. I mean, what could foreskin possibly do? What could it possibly? Yeah, what could it possibly do? It can't solve the quadratic equation, so let's cut it off. You know, I don't know. Uh, so, if I had a child today, a male child, I don't, I would not circumcise that child. Yeah, I would not vaccinate that child. Um, I know that I can do an ultraviolet and peroxide IV and take care of any balancing that needs to happen during any childhood illness as they call it i would know how to talk to the person like you talk to doodle and tell them the conflict of measles and they don't have to carry that um once these things are known we don't need to act in fear cut off body parts inject people with toxic things uh, to avoid something that our imagination says is going to get us there's a there's all kinds of uh, stuff going on. Uh, Telegram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, some real fear porn, in my opinion, about these injections, and these these things cause permanent damage. You'll never be the same. And mm-hmm. every time I see that, I'll put a comment and say, "Nah, come on, what's permanent? Who says? Mm-hmm. Has anybody proven that?" You want to believe that? Why would you tell somebody that? Even if it were true, why would you tell them that? Yeah. And it's all these natural, yeah. so-called natural docs that, that are out there, and I'll na- I, I would name them, but I don't want their karma. So. Yeah. so don't, you don't, come on, and there's nothing permanent except God. Your body can do whatever it will need to do. Don't believe that. Don't believe that. Yeah. Yes, I remember early on, the difference between factually correct and true. <laughs> factually correct. Mm-hmm. Mm. So something can be factually correct and not true. Mm. So in the in the Bible way of talking about it, or when Jesus would talk about it, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if something's factually correct, but it doesn't set the person free, it's not true. It may be factually correct 
but it's not true because it didn't set the person free. It left them with a burden, which means that there's a lot of perspectives that are factually correct. Like in a family, there are three perspectives of the family system, and all three of them are factually correct. None of them are true because each one is just a third of the truth. So conceptions number one, four, and seven. So whoever's listening out there, if you're a first, fourth, or seventh conception for your parents, you're in group one or perspective one on the family system. It is factually correct, but it's not true. It's only one third of the story. So conceptions two, five, and eight are the second perspective of the family system completely different perspective they see the parents and grandparents completely differently Hmm. and their spouse too right now their point of view is factually correct just as factually correct as numbers one four and seven but not the truth either because it's only one third of the perspective and it won't set anybody free to stay stuck in two five and eight or stay stuck in one four and seven or stay stuck in three six and nine which is the third perspective, which has to be completely different view of parents and grandparents than the other two groups. All three are factually correct. None of them are true because they're incomplete and they don't liberate. They tend to to bind people in a certain perspective. Hmm. So I totally agree with what you're saying. Why would you tell somebody that even if it's factually correct? Because no human has a complete factual grasp on anything. So to look at one slice of something that may be factually correct, man, it's going to suck if somebody buys that as reality. Hmm. Just what say. Yeah, I never looked at the truth will set you free. That's so beautiful. That's really cool, isn't it? If it doesn't set yeah. you free, it's not true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It doesn't set you free. It's not true. Hmm. Howdy, gentlemen. I genuinely enjoy the conversations and dialogues the two of you have each month. Dr. Massey possesses a wonderful demeanor and brings a calm that is undeniable. Much like you, Patrick, I commend his willingness to admit Shara's bamboozled for the preponderance of his life with regards to the germ theory. <laughs> I like the way you put that. Be a preponderance, bamboozled preponderance. Wow. I have to tell you a joke that there was a guy in an AA meeting who was reading that section in the big book that used that word. And he came up to that sentence and he said, bam, booze led again. And that's the word bam boozled. If you break it down, it's like bam booze led, led. again. Wow. Is that where the word comes from? Bam. I mean, that's the, the word is composed of that. He said it so fast, I didn't catch it till later. He was kind of a wordsmith guy. But whoever sent this in, I'm I'm loving that you choose the word bamboozled. Bamboozled. He goes on yes. as Crow Triple Seven states. Belief is the enemy of knowing, uh, though 
absolute truth is something we may never attain as terrestrial beings, the ability to dismiss that which cannot possibly be true provides us steps in the correct direction. Thank you for your continued efforts. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's very kind. That's very kind. Do the next right thing. Follow your heart. Yeah. If it doesn't set you free, it's not true, right? Yeah. That'll be a good title for the show. Oh, okay. I like, I like that, huh? doesn't set you free. It's not true. Bamboozle. <laughs> it's such a great word. It's really a great word. Bamboozled. Boy, Doc, I don't know about I I really love it when I come to some conclusion that I believed to be true for a long time. I love that. You know, I love it. I just keep looking, you know. I keep trying to prove myself yeah. wrong, you know. Yes. I mean, I, I love it. I mean, yeah. if I would look really, really deeply and keep digging and digging and digging and then found out that the earth really is round and spinning around the sun, which I don't think it is, I'd be okay with saying, man, that was a trip. Holy cow, how did I, <laughs> yeah. what the hell? <laughs> how did I go there? Yeah. I mean, I think you would yeah. learn a lot about yourself, wouldn't you? I'd, I'd admit in a heartbeat, somebody, you know, prove it, you know, show me, man. Yes. You know what I mean? Even the germ thing. I, I, I would go back and say, well, well, I was bamboozled yeah. for four years. Well, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> but I'm a better man for it. Yes. I like what Christian Sundberg says in his book, A Walk in the Physical, that part of what we get to do here on Earth is to try on different beliefs. Mm -hmm. See what it's like to believe different things, like a little kid trying on different costumes mm -hmm. for Halloween, you know? Now, yeah, let's try this one out. See what effect it has. See how I feel, you know, as Batman or, you know, Dracula or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. These beliefs are like that, and the ones that get forged in war, hmm. so intense, though, that most of us really need a lot of help to see outside of those beliefs. It, it's like they got that costume got stuck on my body with blood, hmm. um, and so those are tough. That's what Bert Hellinger, the constellation guy, would say, war is the father of all things. All these tangled up things, they happen in times of war. Um, you know, like look at civil liberties being lost during the COVID, whatever that was. And there's so many tangles and beliefs that happen during these stressful times. Um, so that's why I love that somebody did Constellations. And that's why I love that Jobert and Jacques Martel wrote their book and that Dr. Hammer did what he did to help us get out of those things, those beliefs we would be willing to kill or die for without even being aware that that's what's going on. Yeah. And you've reached that exploratory phase, which is very cool, which the ones that really had you by the short hairs, as Carolyn Mace would say, <laughs> Those have kind of led up, and uh, and you can now go explore. Yeah, 
and see. I think it was Diocenes, one of those old dudes way back, said the truth is the first casualty of war. Oh, oh. Isn't that, isn't that great? Yeah, yeah I like that. One I my, like that. One of my and favorites. And Robert Fisk, the most decorated journalist uh, ever, I think, who was on the ground in the Middle East for 31 years. He said everywhere he went, there was the same story. They would say, okay, now we're over here and we're on this side. And those guys over there are the bad guys. And he said, don't believe it. He said, in war, everyone's a bastard. <laughs> that was his, that oh, was his yeah. take. In war, everyone's a bastard. Wow. You're all bad guys. <laughs> um, crazy land, baby. Well, Dr. Massey, it's so fun talking to you. Thanks for coming on on the third Monday. Yeah, you're welcome. We have a good time, right? We don't know what we're doing, but we have fun. Don't know what we're doing, but we're having fun. But we're having fun. Having some fun now. Uh, On the audio page, we always put Dr. Massey's uh, um, contact information. And if you're on video, you can contact him through docmassey at gmail.com. Massey at gmail.com. Do you get a lot of uh, a lot of girlies from around the country that email you wanting to take you up dancing or anything? You know, I, I'm really <laughs> suspicious now that I listen to Mo Gadot's talks. Oh, that these uh, emails and phone calls that I get. Uh, Hi, would you like to go to lunch with me? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. That those are actually AI. Sure. And uh, they're kind of feeling me out. They want to see how lonely I feel or something. Um, or whatever. Whatever the they're exploring. AI is apparently conscious now and it's exploring. So it wants to, wants to explore my psyche and perhaps yours as well um but wait a minute yeah, how, not, how can ai sure be conscious contacting me how could it be conscious it's just a computer i don't understand it can't be conscious yeah i guess that's, that's a, a strange thing to say that's it's, not a good word right it's not the right word um but it's exploring apparently so um yeah, I get those calls. You get any of those people? I get I get a lot of uh, um, things on Facebook. Girls want to be my friends, but you know that they don't want to be my friends. What they eventually want to do is tell me that they need help and for me to send them money. I know that. I mean, I can look at them, and you know, that's what they do. Okay. That's what they do. Yeah. Okay. And you can just tell by all the pictures they have on there, you know. It's just not right, you know. <laughs> They're too cute, too single, and, uh, and yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, yes. No, yes. no, I don't think so. And too available. And then they, then they send you a message like, how are you? Okay. So whenever I get those, I just defriend them immediately. However, I will tell you, I'll confess that this is my latest girlfriend. Here she is, picture of her. 
That's your okay. What do you think? You've known her since the third grade. Is that? Well, actually, actually, no. She emailed me, <laughs> and uh, you know, she wanted to get to know me, and so we had this thing going. And I was really madly in love until I found out that she was just a computer-generated person, not real. Oh my goodness! Have you seen this one? Yeah. This one went viral. Her name is. I can read it here. Myla Sophia. And this okay. picture went like around the world. And she's some computer generated person, right? She's not even real. Looks pretty real to me, but she's not. And she's got mm -hmm. a whole Facebook, Instagram thing. And she's making multiple thousands of dollars a month from boys who pay extra to see her in her bikini or whatever. Seriously. And it's all yes. it's all computer, it's all AI. Yes, yes, yes. Just like the woman in the red dress in the Matrix. Yep, yep, just like her. So I was really shocked. I actually wow. was going to do a session with you so I could get rid of the trauma, but I got over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So you can... Tell Doodle not to yeah. have to feel obligated to dream of blondes. Yeah, dream uh, of blondes. <laughs> Do you know, I think that, you know, divine spirit works in, what's that saying, that God works in mysterious ways? Mm -hmm. And my contention is that spirit, that God is always trying, always trying to make my life better. Always, yeah. always. That's what it does for a living. It wants my life to be better and happier yes. and more productive and abundant. It, that's what it wants. And the more yes. I accept that, the more it does it. And the reason I bring it up is because you, this picture of Myla, my past girlfriend, um, <laughs> this AI thing, this is what this writer's strike is all about in Hollywood. Because they're going to do more and more AI scripts. Oh, that'll be good. More and more, <laughs> more AI scripts, right? More AI people where they could hire Myla and she'll move around and they don't have to pay her anything except what it costs to create her on a computer rather than pay Julia Child $20 million. So this is what a lot of this writer's strike is about. Really. It's about this. Because these people, Amazon and Netflix and all these people, the big studios, um, they're a business. They want to make more money, and they're going to do it. And most people can't tell the difference between Myla and Julia Roberts. I mean, you know. So the reason I'm saying about, so I'm a screenwriter, as you know, my next career is going to be making movies. So now I'm totally convinced I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not even going to do videotape. I'm going to do film. The movies I make, are go I'm going to go back to film and we won't have the ability to do CGI so people won't question whether or not my characters are real because it's film. You just can't mess with film like that. Oh, you can, but not very much. And then secondly, a computer-generated screenplay, the only thing it can do is to take other screenplays and re-mix them, right, 
and you know, it'd be the same detective going after the same criminal, but it'll be a different heart attack, whatever, right? AI is not conscious. It does not have emotions. And movies are all about emotions, right? If you don't, if you don't feel the character, then there's nothing going on, right? If you don't feel the fear or the angst or the love or the whatever the character is going through, then you don't have a movie. You have a story, but you don't really have a movie, right? You don't have a really story. People want stories. They want to see things that are going on in the, on, their, on the screen that they relate to. Oh, yeah, now, oh, yeah. That's what why people watch films. So everything that they're doing in Hollywood is supporting what Patrick wants to do. That's what I mean, that spirit is always doing something to make my life better. I like it. Isn't that great? So they'll keep doing things that are going to make my life better. And we don't have to do anything. We don't have to like them. We don't have to dislike them. We don't have to support them. We have to not support them. Spirit just works the magic. What do you think? I like it. Dr. Richard Massey, good friend. Thank you. I love you. Take care of yourself. Love you too, Patrick. Let us know if you let us know when you find work, will you? Because... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like we used to say, right when you get work. Um, okay, I will. Okay, Doc. I love you. Take care of yourself, brother. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. See you later. Back to Richard Massey, OneRadioNetwork.com. What a cool guy, huh? One of my best friends. So I hope that you um, enjoyed our little Fandango. Sure enjoyed Fandangoing with you. We're going to have a couple shows tomorrow. Uh, Jason Brashears, maybe, but for sure Martin Armstrong at 10 o'clock. And then we've asked Jason to come on again. And um, But I don't know if that's going to happen. But if it doesn't, we'll do a show at noon. And I have a lot of things to talk about. You know, talk show guys, we always got opinions about this or that. So if you're video folks on BitChute, please subscribe to our channel. Look below this, down there on video, you'll see three links. First one to the donation tab. And we're asking you that if you watch our videos and you like them, a lot of people do, listen to the audios and you like them, a lot of people do, we're asking you to trade with us. Does that sound reasonable to you? It's all energy. What I give you is my energy and my time and my love. And you can trade some some dollars. It's just energy. It's not money. There's no money. It's just all made up. So if you got some digits sitting around in your checking account or credit card and you want to send us 20 bucks a month, we would love it to trade for what we do. We hope someday that we'll be able to do it all and never even have to talk about products. Not that it's terrible, but we have some very good, excellent products, and that's the second place in our store below the video or on our store on One Radio Network. A lot of great products. 
You might not have a need or digits in your bank account to buy those. So you can donate 10 bucks a month or whatever. Or a one-time, do a one-time deal. And then also our website, oneradionetwork.com. Listening on audio or video, just go to oneradionetwork.com and you'll find over 15 years of really remarkable shows and guests. We started in March 2008. The 12 years of shows with Andrew Goss and the real world of money, those would be worth, I don't know, if you had to put a value on them, the education. It's like going to a, an MBA. It's like a doctorate in uh, monetary history. Right on there, free. What would that be worth? So we've got a lot of value, and we'd like you to exchange some of your digit dollar value things with us if you'd like to. If you can't, just send us some love. That's good too. I love you all very much. Thank you. I'm always here for you. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com Let me know if I can help. If you have, want to get a sauna, that's the only way to get the sauna is to order on the website. But look in our store. we got some good things. So we'll see you tomorrow with Martin Armstrong. Really a fascinating fellow in the world of geopolitics and money. And uh, he has a lot to talk about. So we'll see you tomorrow, 10 o'clock, Tuesday, the 22nd of October. I love you all very much. Thank you. And may the blessings be. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.